Hello and welcome to the Filmmaking Stuff Podcast, where you'll get insider tactics on how to make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, LA-based motion picture executive, Jason Brubaker. Hey filmmakers, Jason Brubaker, talking to you from sunny Southern California. Welcome to today's show. Um, you know, if you've been listening for the last four weeks, you know that Tom Malloy, the independent film producer, has raised over $25 million in private equity throughout his career uh, to produce films. Um, over the past four weeks, he's given us an update from his most current production. So it was a really cool series. Um, obviously, I'm a bit biased, but I hope you've been enjoying it. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen uh, to the past uh, four episodes because I think you're going to get a lot out of it. You know, it's one thing to teach filmmaking. It's another thing to be on set of your most current movie teaching filmmaking from the perspective of, wow, this is what I'm doing right now. This is what I'm feeling right now. These are the challenges I'm facing right now. And these are how I'm overcoming these challenges. You're going to get all of that over the last four weeks. Um, but anyway, Tom Malloy reached out to me and said, you know what? Um, I think there's a fifth part to this thing. And I was like, well, Tom, you know, we set it out as a four-part series. It's already out there. And then he was like, well, just call it the unofficial uh, part five. Um, so for those of you that have been listening to the series, uh, let's just call today the unofficial part five or a bonus uh, specifically for you. And what Tom's going to talk about is now that the film has wrapped and he has all this footage, he's now taking it into the edit timeline to work with his editor uh, to, you know, turn the footage into a feature film. So without further ado, uh, Tom, thanks so much for reaching out. And uh, I'm sure we're going to get a lot out of uh, today's episode. Thank you, Jason. I guess I thought I was done with the series on the film that I just did, but I figured there was one additional thing that I could add, or at least for now, you know, who knows, maybe I'm going to add two or three. But um, the key is you have this production that's i've always equated to this you know pre-production is this pushing the big rock up the hill so if you think of the film as this big gigantic rock <laughs> in a circle in a ball like um indiana jones raiders of the lost ark that type of thing and you're pushing that up the hill and that's development and pre-production you know and you're just rolling it up the hill and it's tough that's a very tough tough uh, time period and then what i always say is that production is when you just tip it over the edge and it rolls down the hill. You can't get in front of it. That's why, you know, you can never just stop production in the middle. Hey, we're going to take a couple weeks off. You know, and that's what it kind of, <laughs> it would just be crushing you at that point. But it rolls to the bottom of the hill. However long that hill is would be however long you're shooting. And post-production, I would say, is when it's just rolling along on a flat surface. And that ball, depending on maybe how long you were shooting, how long it was rolling down the hill for, can roll on that flat surface for an indefinite amount of time. Some people are in post for three years, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't I'd suggest that. But, uh, you know, it's a different time. You know, if you think of that rock, man, you got all these, you, you start pushing up the hill and then you get all these people helping you push it and, and push it over. Now going down the hill is this momentum and all that. And now it's just kind of dissipating. And that's truly what the feeling is, a dissipation, so to speak. It's like it, you have a film set and you have crew and, you know, whatever we had total, let's say, is maybe 40 people all together working on this film. And then you had some days where you had background of 50 people. So you have close to 100 people on there. But, you know, for the core group, let's say 30, 40 people on our film. And 
you know, obviously that could be less for a smaller film or more for a bigger film. But no matter what, you have all these people and you are working with them and kind of fighting that war with them day in, day out and hanging out with them and socializing with them. And then suddenly everybody goes home, (laughs) especially when you're on location you know you go home and then you don't uh see those people for a long time and you know you lose touch and i'll I'll admit i'm not the best of staying in touch i'm not really a phone guy (laughs) so uh you know i've within a week i've lost touch with 90 percent of the people that i was just doing the movie with there's other friends of mine that are great at staying in touch and you know follow up and do all that stuff and uh but that's not me (laughs) i'm already on to the next thing um so What I'm getting at for you, you meaning the person listening that may be a film producer, is that there's now a a state on the film which is that quiet kind of calm period where you're now taking a look at what you have and maybe some of the excitement has drained. um, But there's – I also very much like this period. You know, this is a period where you're you're starting to really craft – what will ultimately be the final product and you're putting that together and i think that that's something very cool because you can now take a look and say all right what do we got you know there's now there there's all different stuff i can talk about here but one of the things i'll say is that when people are shooting the film there's this excitement that is you know contagious and uh everybody thinks they have the greatest film ever made. <laughs> Literally, it's to the point where they're like, we got something really great here. And I, I, that's happened on almost every film. Now, I believe on this last one, we do have something really great, but I'm cautiously optimistic because I've done that where even on the first one I ever made, I thought, man, this we got something incredible. And then ultimately it was like, yeah, it was okay. you know. But I'll tell you, anybody that's made a film that's listening to this knows that feeling where you think it's the greatest film of all time and then... You get in the editing room and you're like, okay, okay, we got this. You know, Michael Caine says it great in his book, Acting and Film, that everybody buys the boats and, and the cars when they're watching the dailies <laughs> and they're in production. And then they realize they got to bring it all back when they're watching the assembly edit, <laughs> you know, which is, um, you know, the first set of the movie. And I'll just say that our editor was working uh, a week behind of the film. So he was because he's in, in New York City and we shot in upstate New York, he was getting the drives. After week one, he got drive one. And then after week two, he got drive two. After week three, he got drive three. So he was really a week behind us. He'll have a rough cut of the movie. I mean, we just wrapped last week. He'll have a rough cut of the movie by next week. So that's how quick, you know, within four weeks of the whole thing. Um, so, or four or five weeks, uh, you know, from the start of the movie, we, we actually will have a rough cut. Now, I'm obviously nervous to see that, but hopefully... You, you, when you see those, you got to look and you go, okay, we got something here. We got that piece of clay to work with and we can sculpt it and we can make it better and everything. Um, but I just tell everybody, you know, I remember one great uh, producer friend that I have, it's still a good friend, one of my early producer mentors, says he's never watched an assembly edit where he didn't start crying afterwards. Now, he's not being, <laughs> uh, that's not actually what he does, but he, he meant that in, the statement that after he sees the assembly, he's like, uh-oh, <laughs> we got a lot of work to do. And that's something that you should get in your head. You do have a lot of work to do. Film is an editor's medium. There is That has been said, but you, you have to program that into your head that that's what it's going to be. That's, you know, you have to put the film together in the editing. And there are so many things you have to do. So many things. The edit is one thing. And then 
you know, you, you get to that picture lock, but maybe it's not really picture lock. And that's something I just want to talk about real quick is that you don't want to rush to picture lock. You want to wait until the movie's ready. You know, you, you get to a point where you're like, you're happy with the edit. Now start showing some people, start getting some feedback. Don't immediately go into your sound mix and your color correction because what if then you show it and you got to then cut 20 minutes out of the movie, you know, or, or reorder some of the scenes. And now you have to go do the sound mix again, you know, and maybe the color correction again because you added some scenes in that were, you know, in your editing bins that you didn't use in the first place. So that's, that's a mistake. Um, and the one piece of advice that, I think is golden that I'll give you is you really, really, really want to show people the movie as late as possible. You want to wait, wait, wait. I know, I know you're excited. I know that you're, you know, once you get to the point where you're like, all right, this is working, you want to show everybody. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> I've made that mistake. Even as a veteran, you know, maybe three films ago, I did that. I showed it too early. Um, and then we ended up cutting some stuff out of the movie and we showed it to some huge people. And I always wonder if we showed it to, and they, we didn't get deals from those initial ones. And I always wonder if we showed the ultimate final cut of the movie, which happened a couple months after that, when we have gotten those deals. So it is tempting, you know, but I'm just telling you the best thing you can do always is delay, delay, delay. You know, think of, I, I just want to throw this out to you. Think of movies that you'd love. Movies that, you know, you watch over and over again. Every time The Godfather's on TV, I watch it. You know, if I, I'm just flipping through channels, which is not even a thing much anymore. But if, say, I happen to be and it's on there, um, I just start watching it, right? There's very few movies that I'll do that with. So say you send me your movie. And, you know, I own a sales company. And so there's, there's times where I'll, I'll watch movies, even though I'm not in the acquisitions part of the company. I'm, I run the company, but I have an acquisitions guy. But even still, there's times where I'll watch it. You send me your movie. I think it's good, but, you know, maybe not good enough. You do a re-edit on that movie, and then you send it again. You think I'm now going to give you another two hours to sit and watch your movie? Again, think of the very few movies that you like watching more than once. If I'm on the fence of a movie, I don't ever want to see it again. And that's I'm just using me as an example. Let's talk about studios and their acquisitions people. They're never going to watch a movie more than once. So you get one shot. I want you to understand that you get one shot. So that's why delay, delay, delay the movie as much as possible until you've shown it strategically to people and gotten feedback and then you feel you're ready and truly, truly be uh, very critical with yourself and your movie and wait, wait, wait. That's all I can say is, is do not go, hey, you know, and I know it's tempting. I know it's tempting uh, to show it early and sometimes it's not even just tempting. There's pressure. You know, investors are like, what they, let's see the movie. You know, I'm already getting pressure on that. And when I said I'm going to get the rough cut next week, I'm already getting pressure. But it's like I already said to them immediately to manage their expectations, well, you ain't seeing this one. <laughs> I just said that. It's like that's the crap draft, and it's always be the crap draft. And now we start working on it. Think of that early, those early edits as a big piece of clay, you know, but you're commissioned to make this statue of, you know, the uh, like a statue of a, a face and, you know, and, and arms and body and just a beautiful sculpture, right? Uh would you show them the piece of clay? Everybody would be like, that doesn't look like a human. You know, that looks ridiculous. So you're, you now got the clay. So now you got to start molding the face and the arms and the legs and everything. And then you start chipping away. And then now you have to define the eyes. And then you have to go in. You got to make that better. And then somebody says, I don't really like the face. Make it a little bit more this way. Now, maybe it's not at 100%, but it's 95% there now. So you can start showing it to people. 
right? And it might be missing some music or some effects or some color or some sound mix, but at least it's super close. So wait, wait, wait is the best thing I could say. But I just want to, you know, everybody know that when you're in that post, it's definitely a different time. It's the time where everybody kind of takes a deep breath and goes from all those people on set, 40, 50, 60 people on set, to one, two, three people, you know, two people in the editing room and the editor, the assistant, and then maybe you as the director or whoever your director is in this small group. And it's different, but there's positives in it. And that's when the movie can truly be pieced together and made. Hey, Tom, uh, once again, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your, uh, your thoughts on post-production and the importance of it. Um, you know, that's the funny part about making a movie. It's not just uh, one cut and dry thing. It's a series of mini tasks and processes and collaborations uh, that lead to the fully finished product. And, you know, that's why we love filmmaking. It's an opportunity for you to work with other creative folks uh, to get things done. Uh, speaking of working with creative folks, if, if you've enjoyed the series from Tom Malloy and you want to work with him a little bit more personally, uh, Tom is actually part of a mastermind that we offer uh, over at filmmakingstuffhq.com. It's filmmakingstuffhq.com. And the way it works is uh, every Wednesday morning at 8 o'clock a.m., we do a private Google Hangout where I serve as the MC and Tom serves as our resident expert. And we answer questions, help you refine your goals, um, help you break your big projects into two-week mini goals. And then we have an entire group of other serious independent filmmakers that uh, you can network with um, who are also incidentally going to hold you accountable. Um, so it's a really good opportunity for those of you that are looking to take your career to the next level and you don't want to do it alone. Uh, so uh, once again, that's Film Making Stuff HQ. And until next time. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of the Filmmaking Stuff podcast with Jason Brubaker. If you like our show and want to get more filmmaking info, make sure you check out filmmakingstuff.com and join us every week for new filmmaking tactics. Until next time, take action and make your movie now.